0: Welcome to the Che and Pav podcast experience. Please grab a coffee, set down your marking, and embark on this playful, fun, yet genuine listening experience on education.
1: You're listening to The Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav. We bring you a new weekly episode where we talk casually about some of the most relevant topics in education today. We are associated with the Voice Ed radio team, where we host our radio show called The Drive. We are also teamed up with School Rubric, where you can find our podcast and so much more of our work. We host a weekly Twitter EdChat chat with a great group of educators. Check us out at hashtag never dies. And now here we are Che and Pav, the Staff Room Podcast. All right, so let's dive right into episode 51 of the Staff Room Podcast. Today, we are talking about the value of our summertime professional development. Now, we have had a little bit longer than our regular two months to really delve into some deep professional development and some learning in regards to education, but generally, We do engage as educators in summer professional development and today we are really going to talk about what we have done for professional development and what we can potentially do in the summertime and then also going forward forward. But before we get into that amazing conversation that we do have planned for you today, I am going to introduce myself. My name is Pav, hashtag Wonder Wander, and I make up half of the hosting team of the Staff Room Podcast. I am sitting next to my incredible co-host who usually introduces himself.
2: The Staff Room. Why did it have to be the staff room. The staff room. Very dangerous. Done. That's it? You, you, if you know your 80s, you might have that one. I don't
1: know my 80s. I was born in the 80s. I was three in the 80s.
2: Episode 51. Self-driven <laughs> summer PD. Yeah. Celebra- I guess there's no celebration now. Like, we finished 50, which is celebratory. Right. We then... Earlier this week, celebrated our one year anniversary.
1: Yes, yes, we did,
2: and we were really pleased with the consistency. We've we've recorded, we've recorded far more than over hundred episodes. If you add our interlude, our book talks, mm-hmm. the radio show, we're probably pushing on hundred and fifty recordings. Yes, probably thirty live recordings. Yes, but fifty full length episodes was something we we're really proud of because in our first year of podcasting. I don't even want to say we missed a week. There's just one week we didn't record over the, ho- the the December holiday break,
1: and it wasn't that we didn't want to. It wasn't that we wanted to take a break. It was it was logistically impossible during the break. We were traveling. We were away, uh, and and it was just we didn't have access to the to the Wi-Fi that was needed or to the recording software that was needed. And it was really just one of those things. Well. I guess we can't this week, but yes, I agree with you hundred percent. The consistency that we have experienced over this past year with the staff room podcast, with the drive, with our interludes, with the, our appearances in other places, I'm very proud of us. I'm very proud of what we've been able to do. Um, and we, we probably wouldn't be as driven if it wasn't for everybody who has been encouraging us along the way and really been a part of the staff room podcast, as well as the drive, a part of che and pav because che and pav is not just made up of che and pav che and pav is made up of a lot more people than that
2: it's mostly pav it's yeah, mostly che, pav. che and pav is 94.6 <laughs> percent uh, pav and I the do, rest is che i do
1: love that that percentage changes uh, just ever so slightly every time uh, the, the facts
2: the story that's just the facts often just aren't as exciting as my <laughs> fictional anecdotes
1: <laughs> You know, at some point it's going to get to my head and I am going to start believing that I am 97. At some point, that's too late. Already oh, got that head already.
2: I, You know, if we start doing uh, tally charts on who gets asked to go on more podcasts, I think I'm down like 18 to 1.
1: Um, because people already know that you have amazing things to say. So they're like, yeah, Che, whatever. We we know he's incredible. But what's this Pav all about? We know, we don't hear much from her. We need to hear the gentle summer rain. We need to, yeah. surround need to get past, sound. Yeah, we need to get past the drizzle <laughs> and, <laughs> and get to the storm.
2: And of course, we're just playing because that's what we do.
1: Yes, of A little, course. A little
2: bit of banter, but let's get into our topic today. And our topic was sort of easy for us to dive into because... For us, we just went back to school this week for our PD and our prep. I'd like to say for what, but we don't know yet for what. So in Ontario, we're still awaiting numbers and allocations of students to decide whether we're going face-to-face or going, uh, for some teachers, would be going remote. Mm -hmm. So at the moment... I don't know if you're more stable than I am, but certainly at the moment. I
1: I don't think that either of us are very stable. Um, You know, things like seniority do play into this. uh, But at the same time, there are so many other factors, like, you know, the potentially other teachers in the building who may have, um, you know, predisposed conditions that uh, underlying conditions that prevent them from being in the school face to face. So we don't we don't really know about how many teachers are going to be away teaching virtual because they cannot possibly be in the building. Um and then we don't know in terms of seniority who is going to be removed. We don't know our final numbers. I know that both of us kind of fall in the middle potentially, maybe I fall a little bit closer to the bottom of the seniority list at my school. I know that obviously, um, I was at the very bottom of the seniority list at your school, which is why I was surplused out to another school. But I think that my 15 years in the school that I'm currently at puts me a little bit higher in the seniority list, um, at my new school, but both of us, I would assume are in the middle of our list. And so we really don't know where we will be
2: so we might be teaching face to face we might be teaching virtual right but ultimately we don't know
1: but ultimately we don't know because assignments could potentially change as well based on the number of students we have returning with us so our assignments could change uh, our locations for teaching could change and this is all going to happen within the next week Oh. So we'll find out.
2: Yeah, so this made us think about our PD, because we were doing PD this weekend, and you started to think, how can I maximize the PD sessions I'm in? Am I taking the right PD? Like, is this PD going to benefit me for the face-to-face model? Is this PD going to benefit me for the virtual model? And, Pav, you know, we started to talk about, in preparation for the PD we're doing, when we went back to our building this week, we found that we were really... I don't want to say engage in comparison that we weren't engaged, but we really found we could maximize the PDs we were going into because we had had such an active summer of professional development. Not that we spent our days nine to five doing PD, but we engaged in enough different learning activities that when we went into our PD sessions and we were talking about remote learning and we were talking about SEL and we were talking about anti-racist pedagogies, we were ready to dive into the content. We were ready to move forward. We were ready to really, in, not we were really invested in the PD, but able to maximize the content of that PD because we had had such an active and important summer of self-directed
1: learning. I think that for the majority of teachers out there, this was likely the case that there was some additional professional development that happened over, and I won't say the last two months, I won't say over the summer months, I'm going to say the last six months, because I'm going to lump our quarantine period into that. Um, I think that all of us have done a little bit of extra reading, extra learning over the past few months, just because of uh, current events in our world. Uh, The murder of George Floyd reawakened anti-racist education with all over the world. Um, and I think that a lot of people started delving a little bit more into equity, uh, talks and reading really a lot of books or participating in conversations or consuming news or, you know, consuming, um, other people speaking about what's happening in the world. And, and also COVID-19 also, um, provided a lot of opportunity for professional development to learn more about perhaps virtual, uh, virtual teaching or different types of software or hardware that could make virtual teaching a little bit easier. Um, you know, a lot of talk with, in, in respect to equity on, on those terms as well. So, um, I'm not going to say that it was just us two right? Or, or, you know, podcasters or anyone that has any sort of platform to do any sort of speaking. Uh, I think that many teachers did a little bit of extra learning. Um, We thought that it would be a really great opportunity to talk about what, what we did and how it benefited us when we went back to school. Because as Che mentioned, we did go back to uh, professional development this week And although our professional development between our two schools looked a little bit different, it was all with the intention of returning to school in a different sort of platform or a different sort of framework than it has traditionally been. So were we a little bit more engaged? I would 110% say yes. Um, were we more engaged because we were going to be teaching potentially in a different way? Possibly. Um, were we more engaged because we had the opportunity over the last two months, four months, six months to do a lot of additional learning? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. We were far more engaged in our PD was Absolutely, more maximized because of that as well.
2: You're more inspired by the PD because you're hearing words you've already read. You see a quote and you know the reference. Yes, and so it's not even a the diving into new information. It's information you've dabbled upon, or maybe in certain sections you've have almost expertise experience. I wouldn't say experience expertise knowledge because you've done some extensive reading, and you really are able to maximize those learning experiences, like activating that pre knowledge and. So you're right. This has been a summer of great learning. And as a teacher, you don't want to mandate. It's not for me to tell you you need to learn. But as we sort of want to emphasize is that there's a little bit of self-care in taking a little bit of time, maybe four times a week, to dive into different realms to, to increase your teaching practice, to build your capacity. And when you go into your PD you have a little bit of confidence, you're then not just solely absorbing and maybe speaking out of gut reaction, pure emotion. And those are important instincts. But now they're also backed and supported by the work you've done, the things you've heard, the things you can reference, the, the points you can share, the different perspectives on a certain topic you can add on because you've read this work, you've read that work. When we talked about, we dove into our anti-racist pedagogies and we were going through, because I'd been, and, you, and not just me, but in this particular case, I had read The Skin You're In, Robert Mayer, um, Policing Black Lives. It gave me a reference point that I could Mm -hmm. immediately draw upon and a few other sources that I could go back and say I was going through Courageous Conversation. This was available here. And we've gone to presentations about how to be an anti-racist. So when comments came up or words came up or phrases came up, we could really dive in with more than just our emotions, but the literature says this, this is the reason we need to look at data. This is the reason we need to collect data because so-and-so states this, the PD was so much more enriching for me or I was able to participate in it at a higher level because I had a bank. I built up a, a base of knowledge that really allowed me to critically and passionately and poignantly and specifically add to the dialogue. I wasn't just sitting, listening, and absorbing.
1: Yeah, you know, if I can speak a little bit personally about my last, uh, you know, the last, let's say the last 10 years of professional development over the summertime, my professional development up until this summer has generally included me learning about the curriculum um, that I was going to be teaching in the following year and potentially doing some long term planning. That was, um, generally the extent of my professional development. I'm sure that you and I have different ways that we would spend the summer preparing. I know that you, Che, have not really, uh, switched up your grade level all that often. And, uh, for myself, it has switched a little bit more often. So I was generally spending a little bit more time preparing for the curriculum that I was going to be teaching, doing some long-term planning in terms of, you know, these are some inquiries that I'd like to, uh, involve in my teaching over this next following year. Now, what was so different about this year? For one thing, um, I've never had a podcast before. I've never had a radio show before. I've never had a partnership where we have been so involved with um, other learning that's happening all over Canada, all over the United States, all over the world, where I had to feel like I was a little bit more uh, knowledgeable about particular topics. So there was a little bit of this um, this force pushing me to get to know things a little bit better. And then, of course, life happened. Right? COVID nineteen happened. Um, we we had lots of opportunity to talk about race relations. Um, and this, this of course propelled me on a more personal level level to gain some more insight about these things that are happening in the world. Why? Because I feel like we're in a position, uh, where we need to be able to, uh, gain this knowledge so that we can speak a little bit more, um, more you know, I don't want to say intelligently because I think that we were both very intelligent people, but a little bit more uh, learning that had to happen, some more citations, some more resources that we can reference in regards to the things that we are saying. So I think that having that information behind us has played a huge part in, in something that we weren't maybe considering along the way that when we went back to school and a lot of these same topics were embedded in our professional development at the start of the year we were able to embed all of this new learning and we were able to discuss all of these resources that we came across and that we actively sourced so that we could gain this background information and and we use that and we use that schema we use that to scaffold the learning that was happening in our professional development. Development as well, so for me it was it was a lot of, you know this this was a different summer for me because it was um, it was so much more in depth than what I have ever done before, and I couldn't be more proud of the learning that we have done over the last co- uh, couple of months because it has it has really maximized the the professional development that we were engaged in over this past week.
2: Some great nuggets in there. I love some of the stories you held from your new schools where teachers were coming up to you and, and wanted to know the source of this, the source mm-hmm. of that. They didn't want to look to you as the sage on stage. No, just no, said, of course not. You referenced this. Tell me more about this source. Oh, I, I heard you talk about this. Let me know about this. And we'll cite some of these things we connected with.
1: But let me interrupt you. Sorry, what? just for a second. What? I know. I'm, I apologize. Look at the
2: stopwatch. You've talked for like 14 minutes of this 15-minute episode. I've had 35... But- 35-
1: but I do want to clarify that <laughs> I do want to clarify that part of, you know, being able to speak about the many ways that I have been enriched over the summer and and bringing that to the professional development is saying that I have access to these resources. And if you want to know more about them, please come and see me because I want to share them because this knowledge isn't just for me and my benefit. This knowledge is something that I am now able to impart to the rest of my staff. And then you can take that and, and continue your own professional development. It's not for me to say, this is mine now. This is the knowledge that I have. This is for me to say, Hey, I came across this and I want you to come across this too. So it was really wonderful when I was sharing those things to, to be able to say that I, you know, I was able to share all of those resources with my, with my new staff. That was all. Okay.
2: (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, You make those great points. It's not, it's not like, it's not sort of like knowledge is power. That phrase almost becomes a little archaic because we can have knowledge, knowledge that are disposable. This is the whole, the device, the technology, bring your own devices. Knowledge is, is just how do you want to use it? Do you want to tap into it? And, I took down a couple of notes as you were speaking. I, I I starred self-care, self-care, self-care. Because this is part of self-care in the sense that when you come back to school, especially in sort of adverse times where we don't know where things are going to be, one thing that helps our anxiousness, our nervousness, our stressfulness is being prepared. Mm-hmm. And part of preparation is doing the readings or doing a book club. We'll, we'll cite some of these possible ideas, but when you be when you're more prepared read a little bit more, listen a little bit more to a podcast or something, it builds your confidence, builds your self-esteem. You feel good about your own base because you already feel good about your base because you're a teacher. You're already doing great work. But when you can solidify and cement some of your understandings and expand on some of your ideas and and get some greater ideas on maybe anti-racist or how to use technology, you go in feeling good about yourself. It relieves some of that anxiousness and that is part of that self-care. And so I always thinking over the summer is that I've always, I think this is part of the change of my thinking because I'm starting to realize that this PD isn't extra work. It's not taking Mm -hmm. away from my self-care. It's actually supporting my self-care. So as as I'm a week away from school and have zero idea of what I'm doing, I actually still feel pretty good because if we dove into a virtual area, I know i had done some work with Brightspace. I know people we discover in the, the Twitter space, like someone like Tina has really been helpful in directing us towards how to look at Brightspace. That's beneficial. And then it came. I I wrote this other one: drifting or driven. And when you don't necessarily do a lot of readings, listen to a lot of other uh, podcasts, or do webinars, or listen to people, or engage in Twitter chats, you're more prone to sort of drift. Mm -hmm. Not quite sure where you're at. Not quite sure what information has more validity. Not quite sure where you stand on a bit of information that's given to you, and you drift around it. And and you're prone to sway. But when you're a little bit more driven, it's because you got a little bit more, you just have just more to rely upon in your own self-knowledge, and that comes from, you know, a summer of PD. And I, I like the idea that you extended it. It's not just the summer. We've had, like, the COVID has given us the opportunity to do a little bit more, expand a little bit more, so... That's when I make that connection to self care. I make that connection because you're driven, because you're focused, it really helps your self confidence. I, I feel that my anxiousness has gone down a little bit. That five days away from school, I still feel pretty good because I've dabbled enough, touched upon enough, done enough research, reading, in, engaged with enough people that I feel I can make it work. I can get it rolling pretty quickly once I, I'm given the direction I need to go in.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that you talked about that, um, that was so brilliant was the, the drifting and are you drifting? or Are you driven? Um, something that came up when we were in our professional development, uh, sessions this week with my new staff is there was a term that kept coming up, uh, from, from the staff members and it was, we are change makers and you know, this, this not to say that I've never heard that phrase before. Of course, I've heard it before, but it was it was intent. It was so intentionally used in our professional development. It was so, uh, you know, the focus was really on this is this is us. This is our opportunity to bring all of our learning and the things that we have, the knowledge that we have, to the table to really be able to affect some. Um, some really, really necessary change in our environment. And whether that environment is in within your own classroom, I know that for a fact, my classroom is going to be different this year than in previous years, even if I am face to face with a group of students, my classroom will be different this year, because I am a change maker, because I do consider myself to be a change maker now. And I may not have been before it may have been very, you know, I'm just absorbing the information as. As you mentioned, Chase, sometimes we, we just, we sit in our professional development and we absorb the information and we don't actually think to make the changes that might be necessary. You know, we don't bring that knowledge and understanding to the table to be able to affect some actual change within our Uh, microcosms and then our macrocosms. So that, that, that phrase, when you talked about drifting and driven, um, I feel more driven this year because I do consider myself to be a change maker because I do now have all of this background information, this new knowledge that these new perspectives, these new lenses that I may not have had in the past. I have them now and I feel like I can actually make some real change.
2: You've been empowered. you self-empowered yourself to Mm -hmm. be an agent of change. Now, the drift and driven is a phrase and uh, a quick clip I'd watched actually from Ken Williams. And he talked about school and school policy. And he Mm -hmm. referenced that schools are either mission driven or they're mission drifting. And I sort of paraphrased that a little bit and sort of changed the context a little bit. But his idea was is that when we are drifting, it's because we aren't well-researched. Well, he didn't say well-researched. He talked in his context was we didn't have a clear vision and mission. And I would extend that a clear vision and a clear mission comes from the data, the research, uh, absorbing information to know how to have a clear mission. And he articulated that when we're just drifting, it's because we're only prone to just react In the moment. It's our reactionary responses, our emotional responses. And that's where I sort of got that little phrase. And so when you talked about being empowered to be an agent of change, that this is because we're driven and we're driven because we've done we've done the work and other people are doing the work. Now we could go to our three enlightened minutes, or we could talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things we did this summer that we could share that were great ways for our own personal growth.
1: Why don't we leave our listeners a little bit on the edge of their seats? Because I know they want to know what we have done over the past couple of months to, uh, to, to, to develop ourselves professionally and personally as well. Let's get to our three and minutes. Okay. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more in depth about all of the, the wonderful PD that we've engaged we, in. We've
2: done a lot of PDs on uh, how to take selfies at the end of episodes. Extensive.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was like the number one PD session I would put on my list. Uh, how, to take YouTube effective... playlists.
2: how to take a YouTube playlist, how, how to, take to take a selfie. How to take a selfie. All right, let's get ourselves into our three and light minutes and we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the great opportunities we've been a part of this summer to boost our PD.
1: Yes, indeed. So today for our three and light minutes, we have Dr. Brandon Beck, who is going to be talking about some of his growth that he've ex- he has experienced, not only in this past couple of months with COVID-19, but also in the past couple of years within his sort of growth as an educator, uh, and, and he's going to talk a little bit more about his book, Unlocking Unlimited Potential. So here is Dr. Brandon Beck and his three enlightened minutes.
3: Thanks, Jane Pop. I'm excited for these three enlightened minutes that I would like to release onto all of you at this moment. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck. I am super excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of all that is going on and all that has been happening over the course of this pandemic 18, 19 weeks. I'm not really sure. It's been a while. And you know what? I want to just say that there's been a lot of moments throughout this time that we have had the opportunity to embrace that are going to make us stronger. I think that is just the story that we're we're here to tell. I'm excited about the opportunity, and I was reminded of this when Che and Pav were talking in episode 40 about the reflections for the school year, reflections of this moment, reflections of this time, just absolutely and positively a unique circumstance that hopefully we will never ever be in again. But it reminded us of a time that eventually in the future we'll all look back on. And we will look back on this time with pride. We educated with passion. We rose to the occasion. We did what was needed to be done. And that's to me, is what's most beautiful about this time, what it's brought out in people, what it's brought out in leaders, what it's brought out in voice, Twitter community. I've met so many different people, including discovering this particular podcast throughout this time, because of this time. I've been fortunate enough, I turned to writing. I had been writing a book for three years, and finally, when this time came around, I I decided to just really begin to, to to finish, to put my efforts into it. And I'm super excited that my book, Unlocking Unlimited Potential, has been picked up by Brian Aspinall and Codebreaker. And I'm so excited to join the Codebreaker family because this is a whole nother family that I didn't realize existed of these other authors who help each other um, to be able to be engaged in the conversation, just an absolute powerhouse of people. And the fact that Brian was able to believe in an idea that this little guy had with only, you know, a couple hundred followers, but he believed that I had a voice. And that's what's come out most in this time is that everyone has a voice and everybody has had an opportunity to share that voice. And I hear you and I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for for being honest, for being truthful and helping continuing to to keep me motivated. I look forward to what's to come. I know much is going to change. Much is going to change for the better, because once again, we will embrace the moment. Back over to you. Che and Pav, have a wonderful day.
2: Back off, man. I'm a podcaster. Mm -hmm. That's another reference. That's a great three enlightened minutes from uh, Dr. Brandon Beck. Um, so when I become a doctor, rest <laughs> assured I'm dropping Jim Guy from my name, or maybe I become Doctor Jim Guy.
1: I think you should say Doctor Jim. <laughs> but let's be honest,
2: I I don't have what it takes to be a doctor. Um, so thank you for the three enlightened minutes. Really looking forward to your book. You gave a, a good story of the, the the power of connecting with people and that your voice matters. And your voice matters whether you have 100 followers on the Twitter space or you have 10,000 followers on the Twitter yep. space. Your experiences matter. Your truths matter. Share your voice. Bring it to the table and engage in the table. As Hedrick would talk about on her Small Bites is that you, you being at the table is not enough.
1: Right. Exactly. Mm- you have to be able to engage. You have to be able to talk. Have, and you have to have, be able to have those conversations. Yeah.
2: So we're talking about summer PD. And we don't want to emphasize that teachers, you know, you need to spend your summer doing PD. But we did talk about some of the sort of, we talked on that angle of self-care. Like, I feel really good about myself. And it was really validated when I went into my PD this summer because we talked on this topic or we talked on math and we like for a few of our teachers and and no negative they weren't sure of the term sel it just hasn't it really hasn't been a part of our board yet and it's sort of come down and and Teachers were keen and they were curious and they had the right examples and they knew what it meant once they were explained to them but i felt as a teacher really good going into them where i could direct to a source i could say this i could say that and just add into the conversation and it was really rich dialogue and the anti-racist conversation we had was really powerful because i could reference text 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 and, and really be part of the conversation and not just a absorbing the information. And I was able to truly benefit and maximize from that PD. I felt good going back into school because I felt like I was ready to contribute. I felt, it's like baseball, you know, I, 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 I'm ready for my tournament. But you want to know when I feel good going into my tournament? When I've been taking some swings every day w- walking into my tournament. I didn't just decide to start swinging BP Friday morning and take 100 swings. I took 10 swings every day all summer and now I'm really ready for my tourney.
1: Yeah, I really like that um, I really like that analogy because I'm thinking about the same thing, right? When when if you if you've signed up for a race, you know, and you didn't do any training to prepare for that race, you better expect a poor result but we've been running all summer and we've been using that as a part of our self care. And, and we feel like we could accomplish something that's really good during our race. And, and I did want to highlight the fact that this is, this has been a real part of our self care. And when you recognize that there's a part of your, your existence that doesn't have a void that's filled, right? So knowledge is, is in this case, uh, potentially that void that needs to be filled with knowledge. and that that feels really good. It feels really good to be able to go into a space to say, you know what, I do, I did some learning on this, and I am coming in a little bit more prepared uh, for myself. Um, I I was preparing myself. For myself, I wasn't preparing myself for this particular PD session this week, but going in and learning that I did now have this background knowledge to be able to contribute to a real conversation that could contribute to some change within the school or could make the learning a little bit better for the people in the building, then then my job is is getting towards done i'm not going to say that it is done because my job will never be done but it is uh, i am working towards that that end result that goal so Yes. All of the learning that we did very, very important. And there has been so much learning that we did over the past few months. Um, and, and we did want to highlight some of it because there are some things that we can all continue to go back towards. Um, you know, none of this is stuff that's said and done. We can't gain knowledge from it. Now They're, they're all things that have been documented. There are books that we have read podcasts that we have listened to, um, archived events that are available for people to participate in. And so we did feel like it was important to highlight some of the things that we did over the the last six I will say about six months that really led to our growth as educators
2: we didn't do anything that was a formal certification no we did a few things that were more formalized where we we ran our webinar with school rubric Mm -hmm. and we participated in a few other more formal settings but a lot of our pd has just been self-driven informal within structures that allow you to yes um the even talk about the twitter space joining twitter chats like culture ed chat where they don't where the content is really specific in teaching and talking about the anti-racist anti-racist pedagogies there's lots of great chats I, I referenced one but there's many that twitter space has really been a great way to dive into content, but also to reach out and find people who, that you're more inclined to go and ask some questions. So we certainly know the Twitter space has been a good space for some self-PD. I,
1: I did want to interrupt and say, the um, highlight the importance of the informal PD, right like there there's a lot of learning that happens between the two of us that was that was definitely considered informal like doesn't require you to sign up for anything just show up somewhere or even you know listening to particular podcasts it doesn't require you to sign up anywhere just open an app and start listening so that informal personal pd is something that needs to be highlighted is you don't have to necessarily register or sign up or you know be prepared to participate in a course or anything like that this is informal but just as valuable
2: you, you the information soaks in it's your time and you're not required for an output yeah and any sort of marker assessment to tell you how well you knew it no i'm just i'm just letting it soak in and mm-hmm. it's gonna and i'm gonna absorb it and it's gonna come out at the right times something like voicehead radio we know we're big fans of voicehead radio but not solely because we're on voice head radio it has so many powerful rich podcast but live learning we would always tune in like huddle up by your fireplace mm-hmm. on wednesday evenings to listen to the anti-racist educator reads program and we would you the the amount of online participation in regards to the twitter space connected to it was powerful but listening from authors and other educators that were reflecting on how they had read the book was a powerful learning experience and so diving in and sort of one engaging with the book on your own Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be an audio book or whether actually sit down and reading the book and then being able to connect with the literature in a formal formal setting but just tuning into the the radio to listen to people talk about the book was really enriching because it's my take on the story it's then someone that's sort of moderating the conversations their take on the story and then three or four other educators principals teachers EAs talking about how the book impacted them their takeaways and sharing that that was rich rich learning and when we went to my pd i must have cited multiple times from things said on the radio things said from other educators about the book and then referenced the book
1: I, you know, I want to highlight that one point that you just made that we have one reference point, but multiple different avenues for learning within that one reference point. So Policing Black Lives was the book that was highlighted by Robin Maynard. And uh, not only did we listen to the to the program on voice at radio to gain our insights on Wednesday nights, but Uh, We, we also listened, we read, well, we listened to the book, the audio book. um, And then we had daily conversations about our readings. So, you know, we would set a goal to read one particular chapter a day. And then you and I would talk about what we read. Not only did you and I talk about what we read, but we talked with other teachers. So we had our own WhatsApp group where we were talking about what we read that day. So we were reflecting daily. And then we were reflecting with other educators when we listened to the program because we were in real time, we were conversing with people on Twitter. Um, And Debbie Donsky is who usually moderates that chat on Twitter uh, during, during the program. And many people, many educators are listening to the program at the same time. These are educators who may have read the book or may not have read the book and are just tuning into the program to listen to the roundtable conversation that's happening surrounding those particular chapters. And you have a moderator on ch- on Twitter who is now guiding conversation based on what we are hearing. So we, we took one resource and we turned it into multiple avenues to gain information and to learn about that book, so we 're not just reading it through our own eyes, now we are reading it through multiple different li- uh, eyes and from multiple different lenses
2: that 's such a great takeaway for how an audiobook mm-hmm. turned into all these different venues to absorb the material and it, very similar in our book experience. we read the book um, from the Asters with from jesse thistle the, yep. thistle and we were able to join a bunch of teachers from the Alberta area in a little bit of a novel study, a book study, very informal, very casual, but the story resonated and it absorbed. And then you stay connected with these people through social media and your contacts, and then these become reference points. Yes. And so when you walk into uh, your PD, you can talk on the indigenous experience, not because you I don't have it, but I can relate more to hearing about it. I can share some sources, I can share some ideas, and it makes me much more intentional in my teaching. So. I mean, that was another great one is an, an extension of voice radio was sort of a, a very f- a formal radio program. But then we just had an informal novel study where you just talk with people about the book
1: that's right and that experience in itself was so valuable to us to be able to participate in that book study um, because Jesse Thistle the author of the book from the ashes was able to join us for that book talk when we had that in a zoom session so we had a uh, you know a multitude of teachers from all across Canada participating in a book talk together and we were able to talk to the author himself and leading from that we were then able to in Invite Jesse to come on to the drive to talk about uh, "From the Ashes" as part of our uh, author talk series, and we we just feel so blessed that we were able to do this. We we were able to talk to Jesse Thistle about his book "From the Ashes," but not only that, we were able to talk about so many different authors about their books, and we we turned it into a series on the drive where we would call the author and we would talk about their book live on the air and not only did we have an opportunity to now read their book but we had an opportunity to talk to them specifically about the motivations behind writing the book you know what learning did you have to go through to be able to write a book of this caliber and of this nature and and really get into that book so i consider that to be part of our professional development it's a
2: similar it's a similar theme you take Mm -hmm. one item one activity and you expand it and you grow it and then you get to absorb the material a bunch of different ways Which brought me to a point, we talked about book studies, because, of course, book studies became a big thing over the summer. So what becomes another big thing is criticizing people for book studies because, you know what, I don't know what the direct result is of what you've read. But I'm just absorbing material. I don't necessarily need to be able to display three distinct, changeable actions in my practice based on the book I've read. There might be those moments. There might be those great aha moments. But if you're thinking that you're going to judge what a reading, uh, a novel study has done for me based on these, looking for three distinct look-fors that don't, those are going to happen. Mm -hmm. But those aren't the expectations. You're going to absorb the knowledge, and it's going to subtly transform the way you teach and the way you see things that you might not be able to empirically document. You might not be able to draw some linear chart of arrow to arrow to arrow, but don't necessarily neglect the fact that I need to do a novel study and come up with three hard, fast takeaways, three hard, fast pivots in my teaching. No, no, no. We absorb the material and there'll be 10 subtle changes in how you see the things in your room, how you engage with PD. It'll resonate. And that's the value of this sort of informal learning is you just gradually and you subtly change. And when you have enough subtle changes, they become your new norms. When if we think that we gotta give out a novel study to three three distinct hard changes, we're putting all kinds of pressure and and we're looking for a very simple look force. The real power of the novel and the book study, and, and m- multiple things here, is the very subtle changes we have. Because those subtle changes are sustainable changes. They are changes in our the very nature of how we teach.
1: So Che and I have experienced many different ways to absorb information over the last couple of months. Um, so we've we've been listening to books we've been listening to podcasts, we've been listening to shows on voice ed radio, live programs. Um, you know, there's a, there's an app that I came across a couple of months ago called Blinkist. And what it does is it, um, provides you with summaries of, of books. Um, and you can sign up for a subscription to this, but we, we actually decided that we're not going to sign up because then, then we have the power to choose what we want to listen to. Um, this way, what Blinkist does is if you you don't have a paid subscription they send you one random book summary of a book to listen to every day and uh, regardless of what the topic of that book is we listen to it every single day so if even if it's not if it's what i like about that is that it forces us to listen to an audiobook or a summary of an audiobook that that we would not have normally chosen on our own and the power of that is we learn something that we didn't intend to learn. So, you know, it can be topics on on all kinds of things. You know, they're randomly chosen books um, and they're summaries of books, so they don't take more than about 15 to 20 minutes to listen to. But we don't choose that book. That book is chosen for us. And the power of that is we gain a little bit of perspective on something that we wouldn't have necessarily di- driven or driven. Uh, dove, dive, it, dove, that's the word. I'm
2: looking whoa, whoa, <laughs> just
1: yes, whoa is right, you're right. That was a brain freeze moment. Um, this, that we this, would this have is thought. what happens
2: when Pav dominates the mic, just we're waiting for this to happen. It's like, you keep talking, you keep talking, you keep you're, talking, gonna, talking you're, you're gonna, gonna flub mess up, up like Che eventually,
1: you're gonna mess up on the English language for sure. <laughs> so, that language for sure. <laughs> so, that was embarrassing. I can
2: finish up that thought for you, yeah, like, go I'm go getting excited because you're right, is it? And then, as <laughs> teachers and educators, we inherently take this knowledge and we bring it back to our teaching practice. So I was thinking of the breathing one right away, where it was talking about the power of, (sighs) versus... Breathing through your nose versus breathing through your mouth and all the science behind it. And then I immediately adopted it to my running. So I started to try to run my first 2K just breathing through my nose, which is really tough, really tough. And then I said, wait, now this becomes part of my SEL component of my classroom. This becomes part of your yoga component. This becomes part of your PE component because now I've got a little bit more behind. Mm -hmm. Like I've always talked about calming techniques and breathing. But now all of a sudden I just got a little bit more insight into scientifically why you need to breathe a certain way how why the the amount of time you need to inhale six seconds you need to exhale more than you inhale you need to use your nose in order to to benefit and filter the air even better i said wow 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 and you write the writtenness of the book it's also a compliment to when you're being really specific so i'm thinking you're reading robert maynard it's it's a it's a deep read Mm -hmm. it's a it it absorbs your time it takes an hour it does take an hour to listen to a full chapter it does uh and but it's dense and it's important and sometimes you almost need a little bit of a brain break but your brain break is still informative right and your brain's almost ready to absorb a 15-minute summary of a context far and i know you more so than i have you've taken some of those books and and gone in and purchased the book right away right afterwards and i just tell you tell me what it's about
1: yeah (laughs) which works just as well you know i will read a book and tell you what it's about and and uh, breath sorry by um I believe it was James Nestor. Breath is one of those books that I did purchase right after. Actually, I purchased it while we were listening to it, uh, while we were listening to the the summary of the book. Um, you know, I immediately said, oh, this! I need this book. I need to have this book. And I'm still listening to it, but I'm almost towards the end where we uh, start to get into some different breathing techniques. But all of the science behind different ways of breathing and all of the benefits that it can have, I've now since imparted that knowledge on other people to let them know, you know, these are some of the things that I've learned and I've actually put them into practice and they have worked. And so what, what more can we ask for? This is what we want from our professional development, from our personal development. We want to absorb information and then we want to apply it to our lives. Isn't that what we teach our students for? Isn't that what we are in the buildings to do with our children, with our students, is to take knowledge from all different kinds of avenues and sources and impart it upon them in the hopes that they will apply it to their future lives. Either in immediacy or you know, years down the road, they will remember something that they learned in grade eight science and then apply it to their own lives. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what the goal is? I think that that's what the goal is for professional development as well.
2: I'm gonna jump to one more. Go ahead webinars. Yes. This COVID experience, teachers and institutions becoming really good and really comfortable providing online resources and not necessarily making you pay. And nothing, there's nothing wrong with paying, but sometimes it's nice to be able to just dabble with a resource and not have to pay a bill. The amount of people providing webinars has been great. I know you and I have jumped into a lot of school rubric webinars mm-hmm. just to get some insight. And then I was extended on that. We actually made our own webinar presentation. And what did it do for us over the summer? It fine-tuned our vision, it mm-hmm. fine-tuned our mission. We knew what, as sort of as podcasters and teachers, we were trying to, you know, uh, represent strong teacher voice and being able to articulate it. So we really benefited from one listening to webinars, but then giving us the confidence. Well, maybe we can make a webinar, mm-hmm. and then we made a webinar, and it really gave us instead of drifting driven
1: we were driven that's right the school rubric webinars actually were so fantastic they were doing them every Saturday morning and uh, and so you know a lot of people it was just you know wake up turn on your turn on your zoom session that you've registered for and it was free and you get to learn from educators from all over the world about a multitude of topics especially with regards to remote learning and this is something that I passed on actually to a lot of administrators that I know of um, I passed on the school rubric websites because initially, initially they had started for administrators. And so I passed on this information and some of these administrators continued listening through the entire four months because each and every webinar provided with provided uh, teachers and educators and administrators with a, a wealth of knowledge about what COVID-19 has done for schools in their area. And we had teachers out of Beijing who were, you know, so like a couple of months ahead of us when it came to their COVID-19 experience talking about what their experience has been and that has had been so helpful for he, for the teachers and educators and administrators here That we're not quite at that point yet, but it gave us the opportunity to prepare for what was inevitably coming. You know, when we went back to when when people Far East went back to school because they could because they were in a place to our COVID experience was was just about beginning. And so we were just starting our quarantine. So it gave us insight into what was coming for us in the future. And it gave us an opportunity to prepare. And that's really what it was able to offer us in actually one of the many things that it was able to offer us. I know that you brought up the physical education one earlier. Uh, there was a great session on teaching physical education remotely, which was very helpful. There were so many topics and we also delivered a topic, um, on rediscovering your voice with, uh, with school rubric as well. But all of those episodes, all of those webinars are now archived on the school rubric website and on YouTube. So you can always go back and check those out, which is such a huge benefit to being able to participate in these webinars.
2: When we were thinking about the PD we did, this is sort of why I was excited to see the PE one we had, because I watched a PE one. I was I was invigorated. Yeah. I think it's just about time to get to a little swag bag.
1: I think, I think you're right.
2: Because this
1: is how we do it. I this like is your how singing we voice. Do it.
2: It's because you edited it on the roadcaster and it sounds much better <laughs> than right. it does live. I, I
1: operated all those knobs.
2: Wait till I sing that in a very white tone. <laughs> Because this is how we do it. All
1: right, let's move it back up to real time. <laughs> Falsetto.
2: <laughs> a swag bag. Yeah. We're not advocating that you have to give up your summers to yeah. engage yourself. And we're not tell- saying that you can't. not a great teacher if you haven't done this. We're simply highlighting that we've had a really beneficial summer really invigorated ourselves and when we came back into school not that there aren't issues not that there aren't things we aren't going to be able to figure out but we came in confident we came in a little bit a little bit less anxiousness because we'd had all these different learning opportunities so when we started to talk about certain topics I wasn't overwhelmed that I needed I wasn't overwhelmed, nor did I think this was the only place I was going to learn something. Mm-hmm. wasn't overwhelmed with the anti-racist pedagogy. I wasn't overwhelmed with the new math curriculum because we talked about math anxieties and embedding SEL. I had it. I wasn't overwhelmed. We talked about PE remotely. I had a confidence. I taken care of myself, the mental component. I felt good about walking into my school. I felt confident about the material I was going to engage in, and so my sort of my swag bag is we're just it, it, we had so much benefit to engaging in so many different varieties of learning. Somewhat a little bit more formal, some really formal when we made our webinar, and some totally informal. Some sort of just the fun activity of sitting down by the radio on a Wednesday night to dive in and listen about people talk about a book you've been listening to. Mm -hmm. was just It was was almost a tranquil piece to it. And you come into school feeling really good about where you are. So you're not drifting. Mm -hmm. You're driven.
1: So, you know, I'm thinking as a teacher... Uh, if I was going to go into my staff and say, you know, how can I provide, how can I gain more knowledge in terms of professional development over the summertime? Um, my first, my first recommendation would be if you come across something in your learning over the summer or over the past couple of months, share it with your staff, share it. You know, if you, you those of you who are listening to us right now, you're listening to an educational podcast. Um, you're more than welcome to share the po- the podcast that you are listening to with your staff members so that they can also participate in that kind of learning. You might have new teachers in your midst that may not be aware of the the wealth of knowledge that's available for educators that is that is free, that is accessible. Um, participating in Twitter ed chats is another one that's very easy to do. It's very, it's, it's free. And And you can do it daily. You know, so these things are available for teachers, but teachers may not be aware that it's available. So share resources with your staff. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to the Staff Room Podcast, you're more than welcome to recommend the Staff Room Podcast to your staff as well, because there's a lot of conversations that happen between Che and I that are probably really beneficial for people who are looking to get started with professional development.
2: Or direct you towards other podcasts that have (laughs) real deep content.
1: That's right. (laughs) But no, the Staff Room Podcast podcast provides some really great content <laughs> I'm going to toot my own horn, but this has been a fantastic episode, Che. I'm really glad that we were able to talk about some of the learning that we have experienced over the past few months and, uh, and delve a little bit deeper. Um, we will in the episode notes include a lot of the information that we talked about. Um, we have a pretty extensive list of things that we participated in books that we have read, um, webinars that we were a part of podcasts that we have listened to books that we have read or listened to. I'm sorry. So there's lots of stuff there that's that's great, and we will provide that in the episode notes for you. You
2: know, what I, I remember a debate that said, you if you listen to a book, you can say you've read it if you're talking about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, mm. that's very interesting. Yeah, if
2: you just listen, then you just listen. But if you're right. listening and you're engaging in the conversation, having communications, but then you can say you've read then it. Then
1: you can say you've read it. And this
2: is not empirically proven. It was just, a, it was just an interesting talking point I heard once. Oh. You can say you've read it when you start to engage and talk about it.
1: I like that. I'm going to use it.
2: So we can... Clearly say we've read it. We've read it. Absolutely. We've read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, uh, as we're wrapping up, that's it. This has been mm-hmm. a great summer of learning for us. There's no necessarily steps to follow. We've just dabbled and engaged in a variety of different opportunities. And we came back to our school and we said, wow, mm-hmm. th- that that impacted me. That's made me more in tune. That's allowed me to participate. This allowed me to maximize this PD session. Mm-hmm. And That's just been the learning that's been going on. And we've done that learning before, but certainly I would attest in 20 years, this summer of growth has been my best summer of
1: growth. Oh, I 100% agree with you. 100% agree. Ready to wrap this up? I think I'm ready. Remember to inspire, don't require. Always
2: be a humble
1: servant. And remember, education
2: never never dies. dies
0: You've been listening to the Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav, written, performed, and produced by Che Cheney and Pav Wander in association with School Rubric, an online magazine and website designed for international and global educators. You can stay connected with Che and Pav by visiting their Twitter and Instagram pages, and also check out their articles related to each episode on the School Rubric webpage. All links are provided in the episode write-up. The podcast is recorded weekly at their in-class studio and performed in front of a live studio audience. Be sure to join Che and Pav next week because there's always something to talk about in the staff room.